Keeping warm up there? Oh boy, that polar vortex really gets your blood flowing, or rather, gets your blood slowing. Yeah, and it's going to be real slow for people who uh, may be listening to this a few weeks after we record it, because we've got a f- couple episodes in the tank now. But hey, uh, folks, how about that polar vortex? Yep, uh, I'm up here in the Chicagoland area, and we certainly uh, did freeze our butts off. It was so cold. How low they were- did it get? Um, I know it hit like negative 50 on the wind chill. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Uh, they were lighting the, the train tracks on fire to keep the, the switches moving. Holy smokes. Yep. I don't really uh, know what that means entirely, but it doesn't sound like it's a normal thing. Uh, apparently it's like a thing they do. Uh, the switches have to keep moving and they freeze easily. And I guess they have like built in heaters that are supposed to do that. Um, but when it gets that cold that like the electric heater melts the ice, but then it just refreezes immediately. Like it can't keep up. So they put like oil on the switches and just light the oil on fire and railroad ties are apparently just like impervious to fire and cause they're like super treated wood and they just sort of smolder. And oh, so I interesting. Guess, so I guess you can just light them on fire. <laughs> Okay. Well, yeah. that's some like 19th century craziness right? where it was acceptable just to light things on fire and for people to die in the course of everyday business. Yeah. When in doubt, just light it on fire. Modern problems require yeah. 18th century solutions. Yeah. And uh, if, it's, if, it, if it gives you the willies to light things on fire, then maybe you shouldn't be trying to ride the train when it's negative 50. Right. Don't go to work. That's an outrageous uh, thing in the first place. Yeah. Uh, but we're all good. Everything's fine. We're all fine. And, uh, we, it did give us time to watch a little Adventure Time. Oh, when you say we, did, did you bring the fam in for some viewing? Oh, I, uh, my wife, my wife pretty much watches uh, every time with me now. Oh, awesome. Great to hear. How's she liking it? She, every time we finish them, she just goes, that's a weird show. That's all. That's her. That's her only reaction every time. That's a weird. She show. doesn't rush to the computer to record her thoughts. <laughs> no, I'm sure if we asked, she would provide some. But she is. Uh, it may just also be that's a weird show. I may have just given her given you her thoughts. <laughs> well, we can do a uh, we can do a family special sometime and see mm-hmm. if we can get her to expand on that's a weird show. I mean, I don't disagree with her, but I'm right. curious as to what other thoughts might she have. All right, well, well, we'll see. We'll see if we get a guest appearance here. Yeah, that might be fun. But for now, it's just going to be me and you talking about Adventure Time, because, of course, this is our podcast, Podventure Time, where I am a super fan of the show Adventure Time, and you've never seen these episodes until right before we talk about them. So what do you say we talk about them? I am here for that. All right, we are moving right along in Season 3 these days. We are on to Episode 15 is the first one for this week, and it's called No One Can Hear You. Yeah. Uh, this, How about this one? This got dark. Yeah, dark and weird. Yeah, uh, this is a weird show. Um, they, for anyone who hasn't seen it, uh, I can give a quick synopsis. Uh, the show opens with a rather odd 
battle. A lot of shows open, a lot of the episodes open with a battle that Finn and Jake are taking part in. But this one is a little odd in that uh, it's it's just uh, it seems kind of harmless. It's basically that a deer is loose in the Candy Kingdom, and they're just sort of trying to capture it and get it out of there. And, yeah, but, but this deer is anything but harmless. It's a, it seems to be a rather fierce foe. Yeah, it's just it's 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 main goal seems to be licking things and uh and deer do love i always thought salt but i'm sure they love sugar too um i would bet and the candy kingdom is full of that and the deer is just running around knocking things over knocking candy people over licking them and then moving on and it's a powerful foe it's a i mean i didn't count it but it was it's got to be at least like a six-point buck or something, right? Oh, I, yeah. I, I didn't count the points either, but yeah, it's it's a big old deer. Yeah, and uh, Jake and Finn leap onto it, but it is a, it's a powerful foe, and it, it bucks him off. It, it takes out Jake, kind of flings him off into the ground. He was grabbing on the legs. Finn is on top of the thing, and it sort of flips him over the antlers onto the ground, and crushes his legs, like stomps on him. And I have to say, yeah. I think that's the first time I think that they've really focused on Finn getting injured. I mean, he's gotten injured before, but it, it, I don't know. It was it felt different. It felt more like they really uh, leaned into the like bone crunching on this yeah, one. Yeah, there was some there was some foley work going on, and the deer did stomp on his legs two times just to make sure that we knew that they were crushed. So. Finn is very obviously badly injured, and then the deer actually flings him into a pole, which knocks him out. Right, and then uh, we smash cut to Finn waking up in the hospital after uh, after being knocked out, and that's when the that's when the creepy stuff starts because Finn wakes up in a hospital that's basically empty. Yeah, all of a sudden we've got twenty eight days later on our hands. Right, yeah, it reminded me of that, and uh, like the beginning of The Walking Dead. Uh, a lot of those kind of things, like w- just wake up in a hospital that is completely devoid of any other activity. And Finn is nonplussed by it at the beginning, I would say. He's just sort of, mm-hmm. I, th- I think he uh, pages Dr. Ice Cream for his mouth is, uh, is his first <laughs> <Yes>. reaction. <laughs> and But, you know, he, he flips over the blankets to see that his legs are indeed both in cast. Like he's up, t- he's in like a, a full lower t- lower body cast that is up to his waist and he's sort of his legs are sort of frozen in place in this cast yeah um, and it does go up above his waist and of course being the person i am all i can think about is how he's evacuating in that situation but i right. suppose maybe cartoon characters don't have to worry about that as much as i do cartoon catheters not as funny as one would think <laughs> um especially for a kid's cartoon uh <laughs> But Cartoon colostomy bag, also not funny. <laughs> Even less funny. <laughs> We're going to make a list of the medical devices to put into a cartoon. I'm imagining like a big like loping cat with a colostomy bag just like yeah. stumbling all over everything like whoops. <laughs> uh, uh, I cannot think of a worse thing to draw, frankly. Colostomy cat. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so uh the so he has a, he's in the hospital i gotta move on um <laughs> he's in the hospital he can't move but he manages to get himself into a wheelchair to kind of figure out where everybody is he kind of wheels around you know it's a very echoey hospital uh but he gets outside eventually he's looking for jake really he gets outside 
and he's driving around town or riding, rolling around tra- town in his chair and uh, doesn't f- see anybody out there either. Like the town is also empty, very uh, 28 Days Later style still. Uh, yes. But then he hears a noise. He hears some rustling in he wheels around the corner and there's Jake. Jake's here and Jake looks different for sure. Uh, he's wearing, he's climbing through trash and he's wearing a, a cape of sorts that ma- is made out of some tattered old rag. And he's got a bandage around his head, which ostensibly is probably from after the fight or with the deer that is. And, uh, but Jake is, he recognizes he's just, Finn. He's not just looking weird. He's talking weird. He's acting weird. He recognizes Finn. He kind of just says, oh, you're awake. But he's really just, he's not acting like himself. He's hes really focused on digging through the trash and looking for things. And Finn asks where everybody is. And Jake says, oh, they must all be hiding for my, uh, for my surprise birthday party. Mm-hmm. And, and that seems odd, right? Like that... It seems odd to come right out of a uh, out of a hospital situation into a birthday party situation. But Finn is a trusting sort, especially when it comes to Jake. And he kind of just says, OK, I guess, and goes along with it. So Finn, Jake tells him just, you know, don't don't make any noise. Don't go looking for anybody because uh, I don't want you to ruin my surprise party. So, yeah, just ha- Jake is convinced that they have to believe that they are not expecting the, right. the surprise before. Uh, anyone's going to jump out and actually surprise him. Yeah, and that is uh, that is. I will tell you if if these people who are surprising them were uh, in kindergarten, that totally works. Uh, <laughs> the my son has uh, is one of his favorite things is to jump out and surprise you. Um, but being a five year old, he's also not very good at like hiding, and so you see him from a mile away, but. If you say if you say out loud, I found if you say out loud, oh man, I hope nobody jumps out at me. That is like <laughs> it's a surefire way to get him to jump out at you. And so I I, I respect Jake's uh, philosophy, I suppose. If not his over dedication to the premise, right? Right. Uh, but his whole his whole demeanor, we I mean, should just be noted. Jake is acting super bonkers at this point. Like he is acting very suspicious and very, um, not himself. So it, it's, it should be obvious to the audience that Jake is not himself. It's not obvious to Finn, uh, at this point, but they do spend the day together and Jake's asking him to do kind of strange stuff. Like turns out that Jake's built himself a little hobo tent, he calls it. And, sends Finn off to buy, to get wood for the hobo fire. It's weird because like they have a treehouse to live in. So why are they living in this? Why is Jake, you know, living in this tent? And right. And why has he pitched a tent in the middle of the candy kingdom that appears to be completely empty? Right. Exactly. And Finn doesn't, again, doesn't really question it. Or it, 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 even if he does, he kind of, is like, well, we'll just go along with it and tell the, the party he supposes. But, um, but the party never really happens. The day goes on and it becomes nighttime and Jake is roasting rotten hot dogs on, on the fire. And, <laughs> and Finn is sort of just like, so nothing happened. And Jake is just though insistent that you can't, you can't go, go looking for anybody because you'll ruin the surprise. And Finn is this Finn's starting to feel like something's wrong. And I think when he goes, look, I can't remember how he gets out there, but he, 
he starts hearing some noises. And I think it's after Jake goes to sleep, maybe? Yeah, I think at, at one point Finn is out gathering wood for the hobo fire, and I think maybe that's the first time that he hears voices coming from the sewer. Yeah, he hears sounds coming from the sewer, and he says, those sound like candy people. And, it, and Jake notices when he, he... He notices Finn looking down the sewer pipe and the manhole, and, and Jake freaks out. And Jake says, no, you can't ruin anything. And Jake starts using his powers to restrain Finn and keep him from going down into the sewer. And Finn is now very suspicious, but he's trying to get more information out of Jake. Jake ends up going to sleep. Um, He kind of dismisses Finn. He ends up going to sleep, and he starts talking in his sleep. And Finn is sort of asking him questions, and Jake is doing the sort of like the dream state mumble talk. But one thing that Jake mumbles is uh that he they have to keep waiting for the surprise party like he's not going to stop waiting now especially after he's waited for six months six months and finn is shocked because that means that finn has been asleep uh unconscious at least for six entire months and that throws the whole uh that that just throws this whole thing into like this very it, it felt dark the whole time but now it feels even darker um, right. they, just, they just keep leaning into it. It's very much like, oh my gosh, like what apocalyptic event has occurred that has turned uh, the Candy Kingdom into a wasteland? Right, and how did Finn sleep through it? Right, and and what's happened to Jake? And Finn's world is whole, is is torn apart at this point. And now he knows he has to go into the sewer and figure and figure out what's going on. But but Jake is um, is adamant. He does everything he can to keep him from going in the sewer. And he restrains him. He ties him up. Um, Finn has to kind of play against him. He has to sort of trick his own friend to untie him and betray him, betray his trust. Uh, a lot of things that Finn would not like to do normally, but in the name of better understanding what's going on, he's forced to. And I think that's uh, this whole episode is just like that. It's like Finn has to do things that he would never do, uh, especially to Jake. And it just gets, it, but they don't ever, they don't ever lighten up on it. Like he is, they just keep going deeper and deeper into this sort of dark universe, I suppose, that they've, they're building. Yeah. At one point, Finn says, he says to himself kind of like, hey, face it, Finn, your friend is gone. And that's when Finn really sets himself to defying Jake and trying to figure out what's going on here. Yeah. I, I, I found myself just kind of watching this episode saying like, Whoa! Like yeah, it was like when are they going to take a step back from this? Yeah, and they didn't, and it was uh, it was surprising that they didn't. It was just a very different tone than a lot of the other than any other episode they've done to this point. Um, Finn does make it down into the sewer, and he does find he follows the sounds of the voices, and he finds a room where all of the candy people have been uh, stuck, kind of like alien style like cocoon style stuck to the walls oh boy uh, aliens like, like being aliens fed upon is where we see that and i let, let me let me interrupt you ben because i have kind of a uh, a story that that the candy people being sort of gooed into uh onto walls and the like reminds me actually very much of aliens where you find that where they find all those colonists, I think, right. uh, sort of like gooed or cocooned onto walls. And it reminds me of the time that I was very young 
and uh, my parents were watching Aliens. I think it must have been on TV. That doesn't seem like something they would they would have rented, but in any case, I managed to walk into the room right as the uh, alien bursts out of the person's stomach who's, like, strapped to the wall. Uh-huh. Uh, and, of course, it's all bloody, and the person dies, and I became <laughs> I became very upset. I was horrified that good people like my parents would watch something like that, <laughs> and I kind of <laughs> let them have it. And you became indignant to your parents. Yes, I was. I, I was. I was so upset by it that I, I. I said, you know, I can't believe that good people like you. I think I'm. I'm almost certain that I was like crying and, and screaming at this point. But I said something to the effect of, I "Can't believe that good people like you would watch something like that." <laughs> and meanwhile, according to my mom, my my little sister, who would have been, I don't know, if I was five or six, she was three or two or three. I, she evidently looked at me and said, "Pat, it's just wubble." Wow! So that's Wait. the uh, Pat threw a fit at a movie and got owned by his little sister story. But I've been very scared of aliens ever since. I'm not gonna lie. I very much like that story. I like indignant six-year-old Pat. I like that your reaction <laughs> was not fear. Well, maybe it was fear as well, but also just uh yes well i I think like betrayal by your parents (laughs) yes perhaps presaging my my later attitude towards a lot of things i my my indignance or my my fear soon led to indignance (laughs) i don't just take things lying down i've got to step up and fight back oh my gosh i love that um so does it does your not to put you on blast here, but does the <laughs> does like the cocoon thing and the feeding, does that have anything to do with your dislike of spiders? Because that's sort of like a spider-like eating style. Oh, yeah, it could. I don't know. Now, yeah. now that you've connected those two things in my mind, it sure does. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've, I'm happy to have uh, multiplied, multiplied yeah, spiders your laying eggs inside of you and stuff. Oh man. Yep. Uh, oh man. <laughs> So anyway, while Pat recovers, I, we can continue on. But we—that's what—that's what we're faced with in this episode. We're faced with that kind of scene. Uh, all of the candy people are stuck with goo to the walls, and Finn finds them all and is horrified, of course. And then Jake comes in, and I should note that this whole time Jake has been like floating, uh, like on. Uh, suspended by a series of birthday balloons that he blew him blew up for himself so he's also super creepy he's just like speaking nonsense acting uh very psychotic and uh but all the while floating along on balloons and he floats into the room and at this point finn is uh is horrified and livid and he assumes that jake I think maybe Jake even admits to it that Jake has been the one keeping the people here trapped, like sort of out of some weird, sick surprise birthday fantasy. And, uh, and Jake doesn't deny it. And so Finn fights Jake. He starts punching him and trying to, I think knocks, knock some sense into him, but maybe also just, uh, he's genuinely angry at Jake and is taking, is taking out some retribution on him for this horrifying act. Um, but at some point, uh, whether he meant to or not, he lands a cracking blow onto Jake's head and it, it dislodges whatever psychosis was holding him. And Jake 
Jake returns. One of like classic cartoon literally knocked some sense into him. Mm-hmm. So Jake is back and now Jake looks around and he's can't remember why he's there or how it happened, but he's all on board now with helping the candy people and they start peeling him off. They peel away peppermint Butler first and at peppermint Butler though, weekly says like Jake, it wasn't you. And they go, well, who was it? It was him. And they point and the deer is back. And this is where <laughs> finally the show, like it took a step back because this is just, this is yeah, hilarious. It's like it went from, it went from weird show to weird show, but in two completely different ways. <laughs> right. So the deer just walks in, and and Finn does one of those like you, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and I, I think this is maybe the funniest moment from either episode that we watched when the deer one by one removes his hoofs from his front legs and then wiggles his now human fingers. <laughs> yeah, like he removes the hooves I thought that like was they fantastic. were fantastic. Like they were gloves. Yeah. Right. And yeah, it's fantastic. And so the deer then Finn is like Finn just is gonna fight the deer um while Jake goes to rescue everybody and and they do. They beat him. They, the deer puts up another good fight, but together they are able to uh, they are able to defeat him. And the, the the candy people just push the unconscious body of this deer into the sewer pipes, and is he's flushed away, I guess, to be never seen again. Yeah, um, one of the more sort of violent ends that anyone yeah. meets in the show so far. Yeah, uh, it, it did meet with the, the that fit, fit back in with the tone of the rest of the episode of just sort yeah, of absolutely dark. And then Bubblegum sort of uh, does a little bit of a monologue explaining what had happened, uh, basically saying, like, the deer had trapped them all there because of their sugar. And she says, uh, she gives this line saying, uh, but I didn't give him any sugar, if you know what I mean. And then does, like, the wink (laughs) finger gun. And, uh, And Finn is entirely uncomfortable i don't even know yes. if he really fully comprehends it what she means but he knows that it's it, he should feel awkward hearing it I right think. uh and he just sort of says like uh let's get out of here and they all float away on jake's balloons out of the sewer and it is uh it is a dark episode that's just how it is and i uh i did not expect it i hadn't i hadn't seen anything like that out of the show yet yeah it really comes out of nowhere uh, but it is a it's a very self-contained episode. It is it's 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 a little little vignette that begins and ends. And I don't think we are expected to uh, to assume anything from that episode will pop up again. No, I don't think so. Actually, that was one of the things that I was kind of wondering is what exactly this episode is doing in the series. Not not like what is it doing there, but like what is it doing? What does it accomplish? What does it tell us? Mm-hmm. And it's so far outside the tone of the rest of the series that it's almost just like, uh, maybe that never even really happened. Maybe. Um, I think it's an interesting, I think it's an interesting way to put Finn into like Finn and Jake into these extreme situations. Like how far would Finn go to protect people or the candy people? Like, would he fight yeah. Jake? You know, would he, would he beat up his own friend if mm-hmm, it meant mm-hmm. if it meant uh, saving people? And and he did. He clearly did. Uh, so I think that maybe it does give you that sense of things. Uh, that how yeah, far is Finn, does Finn's sense of uh, honor go, uh, mm-hmm. or sense of chivalry, bravery, whatever? And but that yeah. But other than that, it is a uh, it is a wholly self-contained entity. 
Yeah, it's one of those just leaves you kind of wide-eyed, shaking your head, like, what on earth did I just watch? It's right. it's a bizarre, bizarre, weird episode. Yeah, uh, you just move on, and maybe we yep. should, too. Yeah, I think we might. So <laughs> next up, season 16 in episode 3, we've got Jake versus Meemaw. This, uh, I like this episode a lot. This was a, this is a very cute, very funny episode. I like the, this one too. The episode is based around Finn and Jake answering the call of Wildberry Princess, another princess that we haven't really met before. If she's been in the show, she's only been ancillary. Um, yeah, she's been around, but uh, we haven't really had much of a chance to get to know her. And yeah. I gotta say... Her house is unusual for a certain reason, which would be all of the meat. Oh, yeah. I guess I didn't think about that. She um, has, like, several animals hanging from the ceiling, like, including, I think, a hammerhead shark, and there are piles of dead animals in there, and then just, like, piles and piles of meat, and there's, like, cleavers all over the place. I, I, I mean, it, it's completely unremarked upon. It's, I don't know, maybe it's just there for the plot point where we see it, but I, I don't know. It, it It's just completely baffling to me. Yeah, yeah. She is a sweet little, basically looks like a raspberry, but it's like a wild raspberry. She's just a little sweet berry. And yeah, I hadn't thought of that. But she she's make when the show opens, um, she's making them mincemeat pies or meat pies of some kind. And... But she does. She has just like a butcher shop, just all kinds of exotic beasts hanging up on butcher's hooks everywhere. And like just very princess bushmeat dealer. Yeah. Bags of meat everywhere. And I didn't even think about it, too. But that is super weird. Um, uh, Excellent detail, I guess, by the, the writers to put it in. But or maybe just the animators decided. But the um, that's oh man. Now I can't get past it. Um but we should. Barry Princess is there, has asked for them because she has received a threat from the Guild of Assassins that she has been targeted for assassination. And I think that, that I think it's funny because they ask, like, well, how would you know if you've been targeted for assassination? And she's like, oh, well, they put this threat on my door. And it's like a very formal announcement that she's been targeted um, and from the Guild of Assassins, the GOA. And it's just, uh, I think it's a good bit that they, uh, that that's what the, how this guild operates. And they are there to talk about how to protect her. And they are, Finn is all about it, but Jake is a little distracted by the meat pies. He is just wolfing them down. To the point where Finn and, and Barry Princess have to kind of step outside to talk while Jake goes about stuffing his face yeah i think finn says some line like i can't look at him when his mouth gets like this yeah and then i can't they, look at his mouth yeah <laughs> yeah when they then they spend a good 10 seconds of a close-up on jake's mouth um sort of very grotesque animation style uh it again it reminds me of uh like ren and stimpy or something yeah, like definitely that. a ren and stimpy moment and they uh they step outside and jake continues eating meat pies and he keeps eating a meat pie, but he as he eats one and the, reveals the tin beneath it, he reveals something very curious. And inside <laughs> is a very tiny cat. A very tiny, cute little cat. Yeah, a very tiny, cute little cat. Uh, and we say tiny like, like fits in your palm tiny. 
And yes, maybe it's a it's a teacup cat, per, perhaps. <laughs> uh, and Jake is smitten. It's a, oh, it's a cute cat. And but then the cat quickly reveals uh, that it is ferocious, and he said the cat re- uh, introduces himself as or, or introduces itself rather as Meemaw, second cl- assassin, second class. He is that's right. Meemaw is the assassin that has come to fulfill this contract. He's there. Um, I keep saying he, but we don't know. I should say they. Uh, they are there to fulfill the contract, and Meemaw believes if they successfully fulfill this assassination contract, they will be upgraded to assassin first class. So it's a big moment for Meemaw, <laughs> and he has uh, Meemaw has brought with him brought with them. A vial and inge- uh, a syringe full of poison, and you know it's poison because I think it has like a skull and crossbones on it or something. Or no, it has a picture of Meemaw on it actually. Right, but, but it's green, so but it's, it's not green. Good. It's green, and Meemaw. The picture looks pretty evil, and Meemaw has also brought a vial that is pink, um, ostensibly probably the antidote to said poison. And Meemaw sees Jake and says, "Since you've blown my cover, you will have to kill the princess for me." Otherwise, I will kill you. And Jake is, you know, I'm not going to do that. But Meemaw runs around Jake's body and runs straight up his nostril and lodges himself up there. And and Meemaw says, uh, I will inject you with poison from inside your nose if you do not kill the princess. Yeah, so Jake kind of stepped in it. He uh, he doesn't really know what to do. Classic blackmail here. Um so now we now the rest of the episode is this uh, is this dual this dual game of will Jake just kill the princess and save his own bacon, or can Jake somehow communicate to Finn and the and the princess the scenario that's going on without without uh, alerting Meemaw because uh, theoretically I suppose if I think Meemaw says something like if you if you tell anybody I'll just kill you outright. So, so he's got this dilemma. He's got this blackmail scenario. How is he going to handle it? Uh, And things just kind of escalate. It's it's a very funny episode. A lot of visual gags. A lot of uh, funny moments. Jake at first sort of is debating. Like she kind of just starts. (laughs) I think he approaches it as for his first move is to just talk with Wildberry Princess and ask if maybe she'd rather just it be okay being dead. Yeah, maybe um, it wouldn't be so bad. Yeah, just sort of like maybe he can talk his way out of this, which is a horrifying thought to Wildberry Princess and to Finn. Um, he can't believe Jake has said such a thing. Um, but then they move on, and then Jake has another idea, and uh, this is where the meat comes in. And Because Meemaw is up Jake's nostril. Meemaw can't really see much. He can o- Meemaw can only s- hear what's going on, really. And so Jake decides to put... Wildberry Princess's crown on a bag of old meat and punch it a bunch <laughs> and and then throw it out of a window. So from the nostril view, it supposedly looks like Jake is punching Wildberry Princess a lot and then throwing her overboard, throwing her out the window to her death. And narrating his every action all the while. Right. And it almost works. Uh, Mima believes the ruse and is ready to uh, leave Jake's nostril, but then uh, some of Wildberry Princess's 
royal guard come rushing in and start shouting how thankful they are that Wildberry Princess is alive. And, yes, they, uh, they like hilariously leap into exposition <laughs> right, <laughs> during yeah, this like, very emotional moment that they're having. Right. I, 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 saw your, I saw your crown on the ground next to a pile of meat and blood, and I, I assumed it was your juice. And I slipped in your juice, <laughs> but then it wasn't your juice because you're alive. <laughs> it's a uh, it's pretty good bit. And Mimao is now furious that Mimao has been tricked. And out of, uh, out of anger, Mimao injects Jake with a little poison. Enough to make him feel bad, but not enough probably to kill him yet. Right. He injects him with poison and ups the stakes because now uh, I think he's I think Meemaw says uh, you've got like 30 minutes now to live. And if you don't, then if you don't kill her within that time, you will die. If you do, I'll give you the antidote. So now Jake has to come up with a new plan. Uh, and the new plan is to go to a safe place, which is the edge of a cliff. <laughs> and... <laughs> And so then Jake is getting a little desperate. He tells Finn to just sort of stand with his back to the cliff so that Jake, right. Jake can do what must be done. And Finn assumes he means keep the princess safe. Yes. Um, but Jake starts, uh, he's, he's, trying, he's trying to figure it out. He's trying to do what he can, but he's, he's out of options. Um, and he starts moving to push princess off the cliff. Meanwhile, Barry Princess is standing at the edge of the cliff, sort of leaning over and waving her arms and saying, Oh my, look how close I am to the edge. <laughs> yeah. It's just, it's, the whole episode is that. It's, it's just like a bunch of crazy sight gags and, 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 uh, and, and exposition jokes, basically. And Jake coming up with ways to foil Meemaw, and they, they're quickly undone in, in very uh, goofy ways. So this doesn't work either. Um, but Finn finally notices that Jake is acting weird. And I guess we missed a couple other moments or back at the treehouse that, uh, uh, that should, yes. be, should be noted. Oh, yeah, certainly. There's there's a little bit of a uh, little bit of information revealed, kind of. Yeah. Jake, Jake asked Finn to play their mom's lullaby. And you know, it's yeah, been he says, sing, sing mom's lullaby. And Finn gets all embarrassed. But uh, but he does. Um he does. He and, he and Jake says, I know you carry her music box wherever you go. And In that backpack. And Jake's, yeah. And Jake's just like, or Finn says, you know, come on, man. Like, don't, don't embarrass me in front of everybody. But finally he agrees to since uh, Jake's being so insistent, basically. Um, so Finn breaks out this music box and starts singing a very sweet lullaby, a very, a very poignant lullaby. It's very dog focused because Jake's mom was a dog, of course. Yeah. It's all about um, puppies. Yeah, but uh, but everyone, it's very sweet. I think it's a uh, you know it's a sweet little song. It actually puts everyone to sleep, including Meemaw, inside of Jake's nose, um, and that was the plan all along. I think so. Then Jake tries to extract Meemaw or the antidote from his own nose, but in this case, I think Finn spoils it. Um, I think Meemaw wakes up as as Jake has shrunk his hand to go up mm -hmm. his nose and try and take the poison, and I think that's when Meemaw wakes up and realizes yeah. that that they've been double crossed. Yeah, but but yeah, and so once again, these this little plan has been foiled. But um, but yeah, this little revealing moment of just this sweet song that they both share and like this memory of their mom that 
or Jake's mom and and Finn's mom that they they both share together is it's a very sweet little a sweet little moment. And then after the episode, you may have noticed that it's another Rebecca Sugar episode, and so of course there was a sweet and beautiful song in it. Yeah, um, I uh, I did. I thought when I saw the credits roll, I think I I think I remember seeing that Sugar name, and I've started to note things like that. So that is mm-hmm. yeah, that's cool to know that uh, Rebecca did that. Um, but that, the episode, so anyway, back to I the think the cliff. reason that we got back to the lullaby part is because to, in order for the lullaby not to put him to sleep, Jake had put sausages in his ears, and this is this eventually leads to Meemaw being uh, thrown from his nose when a bird at the cliffside scene notices the sausages and sort of dive bombs Jake, winds up hitting his head, and then Meemaw is expelled, and so it just becomes a more traditional battle. Right. Uh, Finn finally sees what is going on. He sees that Meemaw has been controlling Jake this whole time. So Finn uh, tries to battle Meemaw. Meemaw is very, very elusive, being a palm-sized cat assassin. But eventually, uh, Finn does trap Meemaw and forces him to... tries to force him to give him the antidote. But Meemaw breaks the antidote. He is... Meemaw is, Meemaw is a dark little cat. Yeah, and vindictive. And so he breaks the antidote vial. There's no more antidote. And he sort of, and Meemaw sort of maniacally laughs in glee, saying, I gave him, I gave Jake enough poison to kill a dog 50 times his size. And then. But that's a mistake. Yeah, because then Finn and Jake just go, oh, okay. Oh. And Jake swells up. Actually, he's, only his liver swells up. He says like, yes. he swells up and he says something like, liver, f- liver the size, like 51 times the size of a normal yes. one, normal dog's liver. <laughs> so he, uh, he, he prices writes him and big gets, gets, liver. <laughs> yeah, gets a big liver and processes all the poison and then is back to normal. And Meemaw is uh, furious and incredulous. I think he shouts, like, a magic dog? Come on! <laughs> and, and then he, uh, Meemaw says, like, oh, I'm never going to make... I'm never going to pass this test. I have to wait for a whole other year now. Uh, and he tries to, in a last-ditch effort, just tries to fly, run and stab uh, the berry princess... But as Meemaw jumps and leaps at Berry Princess, Berry Princess somehow, sort of as a defense mechanism, releases all of her berries, and Meemaw goes harmlessly flying past her off the edge of the cliff. And, and Jake and Finn are saying, oh, that's a cool defense mechanism. And I think Berry Princess says, I'm <laughs> like, no, it's, it's a serious medical condition. I need to go to a yeah, hospital. Yeah, hospital. <laughs> yeah. And they all go, we all need a hospital. So they go walking off into the sunset. And then just as you think the uh, episode's going to f- end, we see that same bird fly again that was going after those sausages. And Meemaw pops up, riding on the back of it. So Meemaw is still alive. So Meemaw maybe ain't we'll, gone. Maybe, maybe we'll see Meemaw again. And I think I've said Meemaw enough that like it's lost all meaning to me. Um, <laughs> as if it had meaning in the first place. <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, this episode was a series of just funny bits, basically. Yep. Yep. Um, but they were well done, and the song was cute, and uh, this it was a nice palate cleanser. It was very it was a very sweet episode compared to the dark one we started with. Yes, absolutely. I did think that they paired well together. Yeah, a very nice, satisfying meal. 
of, of uh, bitter and sweet. Um, I would say that both of them were, were fine. They were sort of like, I liked, I liked the second one better, I think, just because it was a little more of what I was used to. Um, I agree. But uh, I definitely appreciated the, the effort that was placed on the first episode to just lean into the darkness. And um, yeah, I can't, I can't fault him for that. I, it was just, it just was creepy. Yeah, I think any time that a show or a movie or anything pulls off a, a change in tone like that, it, it has to be appreciated. Yeah, I mean, and I think that's something we've seen they are more willing to do this season. I, I, I've, I think we've talked about this before uh, during season three, that they've, they've really explored different ways to execute execute an episode in this in this particular one in this particular yes, season. they seem to have gained a certain degree of creative freedom that they may not have had in the first two seasons yeah um and i don't i know a little bit i i don't read a ton about adventure time just because i don't want to ruin any like spoilers for myself mm-hmm. um but i am aware that it has won some emmys and do you know like was this a season that won an emmy or did that take i actually don't know the later? answer to that I was going to tease a little bit. The uh, the next episode that we're going to watch did win an award, uh, but it was not an Emmy. But okay. uh, I don't know which seasons it won Emmys for, so we'll have to uh, check that out. Maybe post it in the in the treasure room or something. Okay. Um, well, yeah. This does this. These episodes start are, are definitely ones like the hallmarks of a show that has the confidence in itself to maintain its integrity while still exploring different sort of artistic choices and that is very cool it's very cool Absolutely. to see yeah i uh, i applaud them for doing that uh i agree with my wife that it is still a very weird show and <laughs> it's hard to disagree <laughs> yeah and um that may end up being just the thesis for this whole podcast but the the but very good i i can't i can't fault them i i don't know that either of these made me more of a fan of the show i think these were just um episodes that i liked though yeah, there was nothing groundbreaking about them, but I did think that they were both thumbs up episodes anyway. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm 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 perfectly I'm perfectly happy to watch more of those. But yeah, I'm I'm excited to see what's next, especially if we've got some award winning episodes coming up. Yeah, the next episode, uh, it's it's really great, and I'm super excited for us to watch it. And uh, yeah, I guess we'll we'll do that again next week. We'll come back and talk about a couple more episodes of Adventure Time. Before we go, of course, I have to say thank you to Will Yates for giving us our intro and outro music. Will is an electronic musician. The song is called Date Night. It's off of his EP, I Know the Feeling. You can go to willyates.bandcamp.com to pay what you want for that EP and one other one. So please do that. We want Will to keep making music. Yeah, that's true. And uh, we do appreciate anybody who also reaches out to us on the interwebs. Uh, thank you so much for doing that. Uh, we've got our, our Facebook page. Uh, you can reach us on Twitter and on Gmail uh, at PodVentureTime. And we we really like talking to you. So if, if you have any questions for us or want to just chat about some episodes, we would love to hear from you. Yeah, I recently had the good fortune to meet the uh, gentleman from Back to the Futurama, and we discussed Superfan Laura, who is a superfan of both of our shows. Uh, so if you want to be a superfan like Laura, go ahead and, and hit us up on, on the Twitter or send us an email at podventuretime at gmail.com. Uh, you can also look at uh, our page on Facebook, which is called Podventure Time, and we have a group called the Treehouse Treasure Room, where you can bring your theories to air them in front of our entire community and uh, exchange theories with Ben, who's got been doing a good job of keeping his metaverse theory updated over there. 
So yeah, we want to hear from you. You can also, of course, rate and review us, uh, you know, uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, wherever it is that you're listening to this, that will help us help us out quite a bit. Ben, you got anything else? Uh, no, but uh, I hope that you all are staying nice and warm wherever you are. I hope that the polar vortex has not returned within the time it takes us to post this, this episode. Uh, and if it has, uh, don't go outside. Yeah, also my electronics didn't work in my car because it was so cold outside, so don't even try it, folks. I know that our kids' school sent us an email saying, don't let your kids breathe outside. That was the email. (laughs) (laughs) That was was pretty drastic. Uh, If they need to go to the hospital, make them hold their goddamn breath. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Uh, Whatever you do, (laughs) don't breathe. So... If that is, uh, I, I, I'll, I'll leave you with that sage advice from our school district. That sounds good. And yeah, we'll leave you with that. So until we come back and talk about our, our next couple of episodes, I've been Pat. And I've been Ben. And this has been Podventure Time. You milk lapper. You milk lapper.